welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for sharing your love on Instagram, iTunes, reviews, and yeah, everywhere where you're, you're connecting with me. I really it gives me the motivation to continue and to share and to have these beautiful conversations with so inspiring people from all over the world so thank you so much and i'm really excited that so many has reached out to me and let me know that they have ordered my book that will be released in june so you can pre-order it now and right now if you do order it you can just connect with me on Instagram or email me and let me know and I will do a three-card oracle reading for you personally. So thank you so much. And I'm excited to share this week's episode with Janelle Hardy. We have a beautiful conversation about healing trauma through personal myth-making, recreating the story of your life through writing, uh, and she also gives us a beautiful somatic technique that we can use, use for healing. And Janelle is the, a creator and teacher, a transformational memoir writing uh, course that she has that is called The Art of Personal Mythmaking. And she's been working as a trauma-informed body worker uh, for over 13 years and she's done writing, painting and dancing and she has a BA in anthropology and she's just so wonderful to listen to. She's also the host of the Personal Myth Making podcast and I hope that this opens your, up to, your eyes up to a new type of healing modality that I haven't tapped into uh, in any other episode and she also shares like her story from where she is and I think that all of us can benefit from having this understanding of what writing really does and how we can recreate the story of our lives. I also want to share that I'm so excited to have this episode sponsored by Ace of Air, a newly launched beauty and wellness brand committed to products that put people and planet above all. That is so important to me. Their line of clean, vegan and cruelty-free skincare and supplements have been synergistically formulated at the intersection of herbalist wisdom and modern science, focusing on rituals that work from the inside out. It's inspired by Mother Nature's ability to create abundance without waste. Ace of Air is the first and only beauty and wellness brand designed to be entirely circular and fully zero waste. You can explore and learn more about this beautiful 
brand is at aceofair.com and you can find them on Instagram at aceofair where I also post monthly at the full moon and new moon rituals and insights about the lunation. So check them out and enjoy this week's episode. Hi Janelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi Shireen, I'm so happy to be here with you today. I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm excited to talk to you. And would you like to share any type of mindfulness practice that you have in your life right now? Oh, um, my main mindfulness practice is actually at least 20 minutes of walking per day. There's just something about, I mean, preferably walking in nature, but it doesn't have to be nature. There's something about simply moving in a rhythmic fashion on my own two feet and my legs for at least 20 minutes that really calms and settles me and puts me in just such a good feeling in my body and in deeper connection with the environment and the world around me. Mm, yeah, I love that. And I, I feel like that's a great uh, meditative practice. It's it feels so good when the body gets to move in that natural way. That's how we should be moving. And, and it, it, it helps us ground down also. So we're not mm -hmm. so much, we, if we try to not think while we're walking so much, just experience and take in everything that's around us in nature, that is like so healing and so easy. Yeah, it's free. It's pretty easy. <laughs> you don't have to go fast. You know, you can go at just the pace that works for you. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to talk to you today. I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Okay. So I'm Canadian. I grew up in the far northwest of Canada in the Yukon Territory on the land of the Tong Kwachan and Kwanlandan people. And I'm the creator and teacher of a transformational memoir writing course called The Art of Personal Mythmaking. Mm, that's so beautiful. I didn't know. Can you just talk to us about the this area in Canada that you are. I, I, I've never heard about this. It sounds so beautiful. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned Sweden. If you're, yeah. Yeah. are you from Sweden? Yes. Okay. Um, so I think you'd probably feel quite familiar with the area because it's north of the 60th um, degree of uh, longitude, latitude latitude I think so mm -hmm. it's it's like the land of the midnight sun it's not dark in the summer and it's very dark in the winter and so in terms of Canada we have the 10 provinces that most people are familiar with but above the 10 provinces are the three territories so the Yukon where I was born and raised is above British Columbia and beside Alaska and um, it's a land of smaller trees because it's that far north and 
a lot of wilderness. There's very few people, about 35,000 people in the entire territory, 30,000 of which are from my hometown, Whitehorse. Wow, yeah, that sounds so beautiful. And and what has has the nature and the place that you live in has it inspired you to do what you're doing today oh that's such a good question um no one's asked me that before (laughs) i really like that because i am not living there right now but i love where i grew up and the landscape and the land and the cultures of all the different kinds of people collected there so much and i do think it's influenced what i do because Um, it's, uh, it's been a sort of a push-pull relationship because, um, I, what would I be? I'd be a second generation Yukoner. My mom was also born there and my dad, his family moved there when he was a child. Um, but none of my ancestors are from the Yukon. And so growing up, in in a colonial country and growing up in a place and then starting to learn the history of the country that I'm from, you know, the nationality that I am Canadian, but starting to learn and understand that the roots of that country, the history of conquest and um, colonizing and and so much taking and cruelty. uh, And then coming to terms with, you know, my, my ancestors part of that and also wondering, well, who are my people? <laughs> Where do they come from? Starting to learn the context of why I was born where I was has really taught me that understanding who we are, memoir writing, meaning making, understanding and shaping ourselves in our lives really requires also exploring our roots. Wow, yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I, I always think that the, the, at least uh, the place that we are in the energy, the uh, like the vibration of that place can help us in so many ways to grow and it can and it can give us like this catalyst to to grow into what we're supposed to do and also visiting other places can help us with that to recharge and so thank you for sharing that and i'm really curious about the art of personal myth making that you're working with what 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 is that and what does it how does it work Mm, yeah so um, oh, my work is, is about healing and transformation just as much as it is about memoir writing. And I get people to start by choosing an ancient tale. And so the way I define ancient tale is um, it's a story that has been created and passed on through oral history traditions, oral storytelling traditions which all cultures had before literacy was widespread. That's how we, um, each culture in their own ways would pass down knowledge and information and story. And 
Um, so examples of ancient tales are fairy tales, folklore, myth, um, family lore, a story that has uh, that defines a family and just keeps getting passed down. Um, all of these stories contain really powerful healing medicine because otherwise they wouldn't persist. They wouldn't keep getting passed down. And so on one hand, I get people who want to work with their own life stories to actually start by choosing an ancient tale that can help to guide them, that can give them support, not only in identifying the, the mythic nature of their own life story, um, but also support in archetypal guidance and uh, the power of identifying with characters and symbolism and story as they are on their own healing journey. So personal myth-making from that sense becomes untangling the myths that we're born with and that were given by culture and by family that are not necessarily true or good. For example, um, stories about uh, that, that uphold patriarchy, for example, that say that men are more important than other genders. We get to start to untangle these inherited myths. Um, and then with this guidance of an ancient tale that we've chosen, and our own exploration through writing, through um, somatic body-based writing prompts, through healing the difficult parts of our life stories, we get to reconstruct and in a sense, rewrite our own personal mythology so that the meaning that we find becomes different and more empowering. And then we can then offer that as a gift to the people in our lives or perhaps our descendants. Mm, that's beautiful. And I love um, how when we talk about myth and mythology, I think it's a little bit, it can be a little bit misinterpreted in, in like the general, like how we use it actually. And I was, actually listening to a book about um, like ancient mythology and things like that. How do you, how would you describe what, what is a mythology or a myth? Mm, so I'm not a mythologist or a, a folklorist, although I really love those stories. So my definition might be a little different than um, what's, how it's traditionally defined, but uh, the way I understand these ancient tales like myth is that they have such a tremendous power that they get passed down. So one definition is, is it's a story that lives longer than the people that create it. Some of these fairy tales and myths can be traced back to about 4,000 years through um, linguistic and archaeological studies, which is quite amazing. Um, and the other way I define it is, is related to what I described about ancient tales coming from oral history traditions. So there's, there's stories that aren't necessarily invented by one person who writes the story down and then that keeps getting passed down, but there are stories that are passed down in community 
they're they're co-created and um, tended to in community they're told and they're retold they're attached to certain seasonal events or rites of passage and it's in the telling and the retelling that the story gains its potency because it's um, nuanced it it gathers its layers through many people telling the story more than once to the family or the culture over the years. Yeah. And this, um, when you talk about like trauma or things that have been like, how have you worked with that? In, mm-hmm. with the, these tools because you have you have an interesting story yourself when it comes to these uh, like wounds and healing yeah so one of the one of the reasons people often don't work with their life stories so many people have this longing and desire to write a memoir um, or or even just to work through life experiences and um, reshape them, people put that off and hold a desire to write their memoir and to work with their life stories. And they'll put that off for decades, sometimes 20, 30, 35 years. That's a lot of life force energy to be resisting uh, something that's a soul calling. And one of the reasons people resist doing the work that they long to do, this creative healing work, is because of a fear that um, facing the difficult and painful parts of their life story will be unmanageable and overwhelming. Uh, And it can be when people don't have the tools for that. So um, the trauma is a kind of, um, it's a term that is that has become quite broad in in how it's used, but it really means uh, having an experience that overwhelms your ability to function and recover. And that can be the big T, capital T traumas, like uh, the obvious ones we know about, like a car accident or a dog attack or Um, a violent attack of some sort or um, physical or sexual abuse. We know that these are traumas, um, but there's other kinds of traumas, uh, little t traumas that we sometimes don't know are traumatic. But if our system is already overwhelmed, that can be the thing that that puts us in, in a state of not functioning. It could be Um, just a a sharp tone at the wrong moment or um, chronic stress that we think we're handling because we know we're strong people, but the chronic stress has gone on for so long that it's become, um, it's precipitated a, a trauma state in which we start to find it really difficult to function. So one of the ways that I support people in starting to work with their life stories without uh, the danger of being re-traumatized, which is a big fear, um, is just to start with really gentle, 
easy to repeat, easy to do yourself somatic techniques. So techniques that are really oriented around tuning into your body, also recognizing when you're going into a distressed or trauma state in your body, in your nervous system. And these exercises are based on my experiences working as a hands-on body worker for over 14 years, as well as my um, ongoing studies in how to support people in working with trauma. And so that's one side of um, supporting people in healing from trauma states without making it worse by facing those experiences is through the body. And then I also know and believe, and there's there are studies now that are backing this up, that writing about our experiences is inherently healing. Actually telling our stories is inherently healing. There's some really lovely research around um, expressive writing and um, how writing about difficult experiences, even though it can feel scary, is often a really therapeutic process that supports people in feeling more settled and grounded after they do that than if they don't, you know, if they write about something that doesn't have to do with the, the difficult experience. So our creativity is actually a tremendous ally in trauma resolution, as well as our bodies. And hearing stories about people, about characters who have experienced tough things as well as joyful things is also healing. So in my courses, in my work, um, especially when I teach this course live, because it's also available as a self-directed process, we do writing circles where people in small, gentle, little increments get a chance to share their stories and not just the traumatic ones, by the way, but the, the funny ones, the silly ones, the joyful ones, to share that, to voice that, um, and to hear other people's stories as well as working with a chosen fairy tale or myth. And the combination of um, body, of ancient tale, of personal story, of using your creativity through writing, is just a beautiful alchemy of trauma resolution. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It brings up so many thoughts and questions because I think that one thing that you said was really important is that um, trauma, it can be big life events that happen to us but it can also be like you said it can be things that maybe for another person if you explain it it doesn't seem traumatic at all but it all depends on your vulnerability in that moment and how you feel received by someone that you're speaking to and if you're sensitive you can also pick up like um intentions and uh, and the emotions of others it can really um, it can really affect you and I think like we are almost always nowadays like being exposed to traumatic 
things. Sometimes I read something that I don't want. Like it doesn't, it's not good for me to read because I get affected by it. It's, it can really stay with me if I read something that's happened that, that is really sad or, or really horrible. It becomes like a trauma in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching something that, that can be, I think we, we, we're not really made to be exposed to so many things that we are. And then we all have our, our own unique path that it can, something that is traumatic for me might be rooted in something that is much deeper, but for another person, it might not like affect them at all. So I think it's important to, to know that it, it doesn't have to be that you've been like through a, a big experience that that others need to validate as a trauma it can be a trauma for you so mm-hmm. yeah and how others receive if you are sharing like you said it's so it is healing to share that's why i i love to have like sharing circles and and have these conversations uh, sometimes it's really nice to to have a conversation just with yourself and as you said writing about it and sometimes it's also nice to speak to others that that are not judging or share your story with others that are not you feel safe with to share these things so you can like it is yeah i think it's fascinating that research shows that when we share something happens because I think also like trauma is like energetically stuck it's like a stagnation in the body so what you said also about these somatic techniques I don't know if you have any examples of them like how important it is to to uh, be embodied and and feel where they're stuck Mm -hmm. yeah um well, I could share one very quick little one if you want, take you through a yeah. one minute one. Um, yeah, so, uh, then I'll do that. Um, I'll just describe a little bit what how important it is, though, when we um, start to tune into our bodies to be accepting of what is. For some people, tuning into your body is going to be uh, thrilling and beautiful and you'll feel more settled right away. But for other people, there's really good reasons why they have disconnected from their body. It may not have been a safe place to be as children um, or they might experience a lot of pain. And so sometimes the process of reconnecting and learning how to tune in to the ways that our body and our body psyche tells us that we're unsettled that we're um, maybe needing these somatic techniques can feel a little more difficult and I just want to speak to that because uh, sometimes there's a fantasy that being embodied fixes everything and makes things easier and and (laughs) it's not always easy to reconnect Um, what has been separated, even though it's really worthwhile to do so. So, um, but a very simple technique, which I learned from a wonderful 
um, biodynamic craniosacral teacher named Mary Ganson is called OMG. And O stands for orient, M stands for mobilize, and G stands for ground. So this is useful if you notice that your thoughts are starting to spin or you're getting a little frantic or feeling ungrounded or um, you just know, even if you can't articulate it, you just know that you feel off and you need something to support you in kind of landing in your body and in the space that you're in. This is a really great one and you can do it pretty much anywhere and the more often you do it, the better. So we'll start with O, which is orient. And all you're gonna do is just look around the room that you're in and you're going to let your eyes land on a specific tangible object, something physical in the room. Let your eyes land on that. And then out loud, you're going to voice three distinct details about that object. So I'm gonna say, say it out loud as an example. I'm looking at my purse. My purse is orange, it's leather, and there's a silver zipper, right? So those are the three distinct details. If you can actually say that out loud, all the better. If you can't say it out loud though, try to speak it inside your head. Don't think it, but but silently try to actually speak it and really stay away from abstract ideas. So we're gonna do this a second time. You're just gonna look around the room again, let your eyes land on a second distinct object and then name three details about that object. One, two, three. Make sure you take a breath, tune into your breathing. A third time, let your eyes roam around in the room and land on a third and different object. And the same thing again, name three distinct details about that object. One, two, and three. Making sure you take a full breath in and a full breath out. M stands for mobilize. You're gonna wiggle your fingers and your toes. <laughs> and as you do that, just bring your attention right into your fingers and your toes, like really indulge in um, looking at your wiggly fingers. And you can actually also scrunch your eyes and your nose if you want. And you can make your, your fingers move into moving your whole arms if, if you feel the urge. I'm kind of cracking my neck as well. It enlivens me, but really keep your attention in the sensation of the movement. And G stands for ground. So you're bringing your attention into the parts of your body that are touching surfaces that are being held towards the earth by gravity. So this is, if you're sitting, it'll be your bum, probably your sit bones, also your feet on the floor. If you're standing, your feet most likely. Um, maybe you've got one of your arms resting on an armrest or surface. Notice that too. Just notice the pull towards the earth. And you're going to follow those invisible threads of gravity, the force of gravity, which we can't see, but we can feel so clearly because if we um, lose our balance, we're going to fall towards the floor. We can really count on gravity. So grounding down through the force of gravity and just follow those invisible threads 
from the pressure points that you've noticed down through the surface of the building into the topsoil, through deeper into the molten core of the earth. And just know that you can trust gravity. And then ah, we're done. Looking around the room again, just notice what's shifted. Actually, Shireen, I'm curious what you're noticing shifted. I think this, thank you so much for sharing this. It, it's just so, um, it's calming to do this. You, it's like a, a great meditation actually to just feel also the awareness of being in the room and also just dropping your consciousness into like from thinking and it's very great to become present like this mm -hmm. yeah i love that thank you so much for sharing that and i'm curious when it comes to like i've always just sharing from my personal uh, story it's um i've always had since I was a child, like very early on, I always loved these mythical um, and mystic stories. And early on, I started reading a lot of, of like, first I loved like reading like a little bit scary things. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, like really like magical things, but it can be also like, it, not horror books but like a little bit scary things when I was younger and then I also started reading like um, Paulo Coelho's books which I loved and they were really mystical I was very young when I started reading those mm -hmm. maybe 13 14 maybe so uh, when we are drawn to a certain type of like when we feel the, this, that we f f get filled up by so much joy when we're reading certain types of stories, does that say anything about uh, ourselves? Like how have you seen that in your work? What, what, what we're drawn to when it comes to these fairy tales or ancient uh, stories or myths? Yeah, that's another wonderful question. Um, so we resonate with stories that have something there for us, that have medicine for us, that have guidance for us. And so when I guide my students to select an ancient tale to work with, um, I say, don't overthink it. You just, you want to follow the feeling of resonance the pull often it's a story that you really love like you just described but sometimes it can be a story that you really don't like <laughs> you know it might stir up sadness or anger but the story won't leave you alone the story keeps pulling you towards it and that's the clue that the story wants to to have a relationship with you 
And, and it can be more than one story that is really pulling you, or it can be a style of story that's pulling you. And those are the clues to pay attention and to um, step a little closer to the story, perhaps by doing more research about different versions of that story. One of the amazing things with um, especially fairy tales is that there are similar stories shared in many different cultures. And so you can start to research and thankfully, because there are folklore studies and mythology studies there, there's this research and these publications and these versions of stories that used to be only passed down orally through telling and now different versions are written down. So you can actually really dive into discovering all these different versions and making the story more rich and nuanced so that you start to get that guidance and that amazing story medicine embodied in yourself. And, and those are pretty amazing clues as to what, um, what your life path has been, what perhaps your purpose or the lessons that you might need to be exploring are, you know? Yeah. And I think that um, it's so clear also, like in my life now, why I was drawn to certain things. It wasn't, sometimes it can be like, we're drawn to certain things because it's like culturally uh, accepted or we get taught or conditioned to like certain things. And then you have these things that start from, it might not be any, I felt like I, I was the only one that had certain interests actually when I was mm. that young and watching certain shows on TV. I always loved like magical stuff on TV. And now I'm still like if I if I'm gonna watch a movie, it's either like fantasy or something like that, or maybe something that's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm not really into like the scary stuff anymore. Oh, because you watched <laughs> enough of it when you I were young. <laughs> and I get I get nightmares. I think my 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 dreaming got more and more intense with with the years and and spiritual practice as well. So I, mm -hmm. I'm very very sensitive to. To that and just speaking about dreams I feel like sometimes the dreams like I've, I've reflected on like where myths start and how it can be so that uh, different cultures have written about the same a really nice book that I've I've listened to again is about um, how in history in many cultures there's always been stories about women that can fly in different mm. names. I don't know if you know about it. I don't remember the name. Maybe it is like women. Who it's it's re really nice. It, it takes you through like different cultures and what it means to why have, have different cultures so much interest in flying uh, animals like birds and then in like in India, in so many, if you look at like 
this um what was what was their name not the uh was it tibetan maybe they 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 also had these flying mythical creatures but it was women actually or angels mm. they're winged uh, or in also in ancient egypt that the birds were also important they say it's like it's coming closer to the sky and to heaven and to the universe so it's really interesting and i was thinking about how it can be so that that we've been we see the same stories it can of course it can be that we inspired in each other in certain ways but back then it wasn't maybe that easy to <laughs> to to convey information like that but i'm also really thinking that our our mind and our what we imagine is a different frequency and dimension right and if we all tap into that from different places it doesn't matter like time and space it doesn't exist and the same with with dreams because i've had um like in my dream world i'm usually not in places where i i recognize the place so mm. i could write stories about different places i even seen like other worlds i think it's really like fascinating how how our mind can see things uh, create these places that we haven't um seen with our physical eyes so i i think it's we tap into other other worlds and dimensions so how do you see that how do you see that connection between the these myths and dream dream state huh um I encourage people to pay attention to their dreams and I try to pay attention to mine, but I don't, I haven't done a lot of study or work with dream states particularly. So um, I, I don't feel like I can speak as an expert to that, but what I do believe is that our conscious thinking minds think they know a lot more than they do. And we get these windows into other worlds and other states and um, other ways of understanding what our conscious mind takes in. We get windows into that through the subconscious, through dreams, through the mystic, through these really deep mysteries and Dreaming is one of those mysteries for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's something I'll just leave as, oh, wow. Um, but what I do find is when, when we make a commitment to stepping into some sort of healing process, into the container of a process, and this is something I... I really suggest my students do when they decide to work with me in my personal myth-making process is that they start paying attention to the synchronicities which come through regular everyday life, through symbolism, also through the dream life, that they start really paying attention to these synchronicities and allowing that um, larger-than-self guidance to be real and, and to lead them, you know, to let our 
egotistical thinking mind take a bit of a back seat to a process that our body psyche recognizes and longs for um, that often our thinking mind is resisting <laughs> because it knows it's going to be changed by the process and so from that perspective i think dreams are this incredible force of healing a support in our imaginative and creative work and in our longing for transformation mm. yes thank you and do you have anything that you would like to share now, like as a last note before we end the call? Hmm. I think what I would like to share is just an encouragement that if, um, if you've been holding in your heart a longing for some sort of action or process, and you keep putting it off. So my example earlier was students that come to me and confess to having wanted to do deep healing work and write a memoir for 10, 20 and 30 years. If there is this kind of longing inside of you and you've been telling that soul longing to just wait, wait until the time is right, wait until I'm ready, um, go away, <laughs> stay bottled up. I'm not ready for what I know is going to be big. Whatever the reasons are that you keep pushing that longing away. Um, I just really encourage you to consider how much of your energy you are devoting to resistance and suppression and whether you can possibly let yourself step right into that longing and into the direction and movement that the longing for transformation and um, self-expression and healing wants to take you and stop resisting it. I really encourage you to do that because otherwise it takes a lot of energy to put that longing aside and it won't go away. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I would love for you to share how people can connect with you and what you have to offer right now. Yeah, so um, people can connect with me on my website, which is www.janellehardy.com. That's spelled J-A-N-E-L-L-E-H-A-R-D-Y. Um, and one of the best ways to explore a little more about my work is actually to take my free on-demand outline your memoir workshop in which I guide you through starting to outline your life story, but also to choose an ancient tale like a myth or a fairy tale and to start working with it to, to take the invitation of the story and step towards it and also invite the story to start giving you its story medicine. So that workshop is free. It's called Outline Your Memoir and you'll find it on my website. So it's pretty easy to find. 
That's amazing. I have to check it out. Thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, I'm so grateful that you took your time to share your uh, your story and your wisdom with us. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, Shireen, it was really, really a pleasure. You have this very gentle, soft way of interviewing and um, meandering along with your guests, including me. That feels really quite wonderful. So thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode inspires you on your journey and helps you to feel more healing, more connection to yourself. And if you want to connect with Janelle, you have all of her links in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. And if you do want to stay up to date with what I'm offering and have a little bit of in-depth astrology tips and tools, you can sign up for my newsletters. Uh, the, The link is also in the show notes. And you can also find the links to pre-order my book there the law of positivism living a life of higher vibrations love and gratitude so let's take a deep breath in through the nose together and exhale out